another Three Amigos Lost Damas podcast with Damien Sheenan, Declan McCormick and Eileen Ring. Two lads, one lady. This is the Other Three Amigos podcast. Lost Damas. On this week's The Other Three Amigos podcast Last Damas, Eileen has been replaced for Andrew Horgan as punishment for her lacklustre apology to the Senas. There is a five-a-side proposal. Yes, us versus them. A look at the Academy Games. Chloe Atkinson, under-19 player of the month. Couple of players called up to the Ireland squads. Wexford Jutes, all going well. And then the ref destroys it. Can City feel absolutely robbed? Will it change the shape of the league? We chat about Galway Women's Football Club. The right time to play them this weekend. Is it going to be a smash and grab? And some last words. Welcome along to you. It is episode 16 of the Other Three Amigos podcast. Las Damas is the unofficial number one Cork City FC women's podcast. Again, big thank you to our Patreon supporters. You can get you can support the pod for as little as two euros a month. I mean, what would you get for two euros? Nothing. But you can keep Declan's addictions going. Uh, check out patreon.com forward slash toetap. I'm going to say hello. So Eileen, Eileen is still in Portugal, actually. She's still sunning herself up. Um, but we've we've replaced her. We've uh, Wayne, you know, he he doesn't want to do it, uh, even though Love Island's not anymore. We've gone for the person who knows more about women's football than any one of us. It's it's Andrew Horgan, everybody. Hello, hello, Andrew. Hi, lads. Thanks for having me. Uh, not gonna lie, a little bit nervous filling in for Eileen. A tough act to follow, but um, no, I'll give it the best as I can. If you just swear like every sentence, you'll be fine. It'll just be like having Eileen here. Um, same kind of beard as well, so don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I presume we're getting the same big feed as she usually gets as well. Mate. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and my other amigo is Declan McCormick. Mr. Freenan, how are Hello. you, sir? Great, yay. You know, <laughs> we've just recorded the men's pod. Here I am again. Yeah, woohoo. So excited. Oh, anyway, let's um, give us a retweet if you're on uh, listening to this podcast at the moment. On Twitter, give us a repeat. Tell your friends, tell everybody, tell everyone. It's time. To get on with the pot. I do miss Eileen for the dance, actually. <laughs> no, normally she dances with me, but uh, no one else dancing. Uh, okay, our under 19s this week took on DLR Waves on the 11th of September. So, yes, so it would have been Sunday. Uh, strong, strong lineup they went for. DLR got to go in the sixth minute. Toe taps Ellie O'Brien leveling it up on the 12th. And then a 75 minute goal, a 75th minute goal from DLR in the game finished 2 1. The caption here says another excellent effort, but without reward. Over the past few weeks, girls have shown they can hold it up. Uh, hold their own with any tier one team even when down some players like today they will take on Athlone in the FAI quarterfinal FAI cup quarterfinal next do, do you follow the under 19s and stuff Andrew as well um, to be honest I wouldn't get the chance to watch yeah. them as much as I'd like if I'm being honest um, given all the kind of number of other jobs I have to do and covering the women seniors and stuff like that but yeah, um, yeah so they usually kind of overlap a bit too much unfortunately but um, no I do follow the results on Twitter and Obviously, they have a lot of international players kind of called up and stuff. So I do try and keep an eye on that as well and see how they go. Yeah, and just... I, I spoke to Jess a few times, though. She's a very good manager, a very good coach. Looking after the two sides, 17th and 19th. Speaking of our own 17th, they lost 2-0 against Shamrock Rovers in the FAI Cup quarterfinal. Uh, the caption said, Very disappointing result from our girls today. No matter what we did, we couldn't get the ball over the line. Uh, best of luck. What's the best of luck? Um, next week, we have Wexford at home in the league. 
so that's how the under 17 squad and, and we had five Cork City FC Academy players in the under 19 and under 16 squads versus Portugal and Wales uh, and under, the under 16 team will contain Kira Fitzpatrick Claude Fitzgerald and Kira Senna uh, whose family did accept Eileen's apology, by the way. Uh, and then on the 19s, Totaps Eva Mangum was trolled up and Chloe Atkins uh, getting called up to that one as well. Um, do we have anything to pick up on there, guys? No, just to think uh, across the five, I think there's the 16s as goalkeeper, two defenders, the 19s a midfielder and a striker. So decent side is a five-team underage there. So <laughs> now I wish them all the best. The friendlies are a good experience there for uh, the Ireland players. So. We should take them on in the five-a-side, shouldn't we? No, oh my we shouldn't. God, th- no, we shouldn't. Actually... Stop no, 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 just, before you get us all in trouble. If you trouble, Wayne stop, and Eileen, stop, right? stop before you get if us all in trouble. Stop. Oh, can I? Can I? Can I just say something, right? Andrew, Declan, myself, uh, Wayne, Eileen—that's five. Okay, we should actually be taking on you know, the, the players that we sponsor. We should take them on in a five-a-side match. So you've got like, <laughs> hang on a sec. This is unbelievable, actually. So you'll have Toe Taps Eva Mangan. You'll have Toe Taps Abby McCarthy. You'll have Toe Taps Natalie O'Brien. You'll have Toe Taps Lauren Walsh, and you've got Toe Taps Ellie O'Brien. Is that five? Yeah. It is five, isn't it? Yes. <gasps> we should have a five. Somewhere small, side. small pitch, tight, tight pitch. Let's run it. We need a few months to train, maybe as well, get our tactics started. Well. A, listen, I, we should do it. <laughs> this is, we, we actually are entitled to an appearance by those players um, as, a span, as the player sponsor. That's it. That's it. The other three amigos and Eileen and Andrew versus the players we sponsor in a five aside. It has to be done. That's it. We're doing oh, it. Oh, man. <laughs> I told you to oh, shut up on. before you got... Come on, Declan. Oh, man. I'll die of a heart attack tying my fucking boots. Not am I doing anything else. Hello, I smoke 35 <laughs> cigarettes a day. I like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm about 18 oh. stone. Uh, I'm, I'm quite unhealthy. I wish I was 18 uh, stone. Uh, like, this is it. Just go and goal. Just go and goal. Just go and goal. You, you go and Scotty's go. a goalkeeper. He'll never have it. Like he'll never allow it. Nah, he's he's probably the fittest of us all. You know? Well, Eileen's probably the fittest of us all. But uh, that's it. We need to get on yeah. to need to get onto the club. That's it. We're going to take him on. Um, I mean, like listen, surely we could muscle a few of them off the ball and stuff like. <laughs> surely, experience, experience <laughs> is the key. Do you want to go and club our seventeen-year-old Ellie O'Brien? Is it? I mean, Christ Almighty! Listen. We might have to wait till the season's over, <laughs> right? Maybe that's it. It's, it's done. That's fine. That's in November. In November, we will take them on. Not a bother. Let's get that. Let's get that going. <laughs> we get we get two thousand in for it. Yeah, two thousand yeah. to leisure world. For. Yeah, to leisure world. Yeah, that's it. It's it's a done deal. Now we're doing it. Andrew, you're on our team. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> we should technically though, Key and Bargery should probably be on our team since we sponsor him as well. We should probably have him. That's cool. I'll manage. I'll yeah, manage the five of you. So Bags, Bags, you can have my spot, and I'll manage it from the. I'll ref <laughs> no, it. I'll no, ref it. No. I'll ref it. You're the referee. irony of ironies. Huh? <laughs> um, right. Um, okay. That is uh, how the academy are doing, and uh, well done to those players. That does mean though that that the likes of Eva Mangan and Chloe Atkinson won't be available this weekend. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I think they're gone away now. Um, they're playing two games over there as well, so I'm not entirely sure actually on the date is it overlapping this weekend. It's probably something I should know, but um, mm. yeah, yeah, I'm not entirely sure to be honest. My understanding is they will. You think as well doing friendlies? Yeah, you my think? My understanding is they'll be back. They just missed the week's training and then and the match preparation and the rest of it. Yeah. Again. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't have the date. Sure. But um, yeah, you thinking that um, if they were arranging friendlies, they would do so with the club's consent and. 
try not to clash with any important lead fixtures as well. So, can I can I just say as well, we we just for that five aside, I'm thinking there now of any players that may have pissed me off during the year. Laura Shine can play with them as well, okay? Because she was part of the Total uh, Spotify playlist. Uh, she can play with them as well. All right. There's studs been left in there. Uh, does not, does not, does not, does not, does not. That's it. The Total Five Aside match against the players we sponsor. That's, it's, it's going ahead. It's going ahead. That's in my mind now. That's it. I'm done with that. Uh, right, okay. At the weekend, we played Wexford Utes on Saturday. Um, Christina Drink putting City up 1-0 up in the 10th minute. It was all looking great. But then there was a penalty given away, and then another, and Clancy putting put them away. Kira Rosser with a third in the 67th. Ella Malloy put them 4-1 up in the 79th, and Kylie Murphy making a 5-1 in the 83rd minute. Danny Murphy came out and said, Annoying disappointed is an understatement on how things finished today. Two dodge penalties didn't help today, but you can't blame everyone for the other three. Need to learn quick and improve and be more effective in the final for the next week against Galway. Uh, again, it's a terrible uh, impression of Danny Murphy. Let's just, I suppose, look again. Uh, so the, the lineup, Zara Foley came back in, uh, Donnelly came back in, Ellie o- Totaps, Ellie O'Brien and Chloe Atkinson getting starts. There was no Orla DC in the match day squad uh, and you had Lauren Singleton, uh, Nadine C were dropping down to the bench. Uh, Andrew, uh, we'll come to you first in this one. Okay, so uh, quite a strong team. I mean, to go win a lot. And I, then you had this penalty. Like, what can teams do when the level of refereeing just is is piss poor? I mean, we, let's not be around the bush, like you know. I mean, to go win the up, but to lose five one, what happened, Andrew? Yeah, and like they, they started really well. Cork City restricted Wexford, who are now currently top of the league, to very few chances. And you know, this is a, a Wexford team with like Kira Rossiter, as you mentioned, Ellen Malloy who's a Republic of Ireland international and she was away with them in Slovakia recently and so they have a lot of talent up front and Cork City matched them, restricted them to few chances, took the lead through Christina during, nearly made it 2-0, Becky Cassin hitting the bar from a corner and then suddenly the game does change just before half time, penalty, like it was, I, I, I can't believe how he gave it, like it was just a slight bit of contact but nothing major at all and the player kind of just lost possession as well and she kind of maybe stumbled a small bit to exaggerate it, but she didn't even go down or anything. And just how on earth the referee thought that was a penalty is beyond me. But they said sometimes you see some bad decisions in this league in particular, and obviously the men's league as well. So maybe it shouldn't be beyond the, the realm of thought that maybe given, all right. But, um, and then like it must be really demoralizing. You're after a really good half, and you go in suddenly one all, and and then again, start the second half and other penalty. I like I thought it was really harsh as well. This time the player did go onto the ground, but like it just didn't look like much contact at all. And referee gives an other penalty, suddenly you're losing after really playing really well. And I said you don't want to be making excuses for players, but and obviously what happened after that maybe wasn't great, but like that must be really demoralizing and really tough to take when you've done so well and you're leading and then suddenly two penalties go in and it's hard to it must be really hard to recover for that, particularly as we keep saying maybe they're, they're really young players so yeah it was really hard to take that to be honest Declan you have been a big uh, I suppose you've praised the referees all season really I mean you've, you're definitely they're definitely your favourite part about the game but like what <laughs> what can we do like tell us tell us what your thoughts about the game the penalty go for it like people someone actually messaged us saying leave Declan have a rant at the at the, at the women's game go 
Yeah, like, I mean, and here's the thing: people message and say, "Oh, look, we're looking forward to Decky's rant." I hate ranting. I don't want to come on here and rant and have to continually talk about referees and poor refereeing performances, be it men's games or women's games, you know. But it's where we end up on such a regular basis. And that whole game on Saturday changed on that decision. And it's like it's it's and it's a disgraceful decision. I, I don't care. I you know, it's it's an absolute joke of a decision. It's never a penalty. And I think what's worse, and you can't see it on the stream, so I can't confirm it, but I think the linesman actually gave it more so than the referee. And the referee reacted, but I can't swear on that, but I think that's what happened. And that linesman was terrible as well, the whole game. He missed he missed a blatant corner for Cork City. He missed a couple of free kicks that should have been given to Cork City down that line. Then like there was one stage where Claire Shine was just pushed over, didn't give the free Laura kick, Shane. and then he gave Wex. Then he, oh, sorry, Laura Shine, my apologies. <laughs> um, he didn't give Cork City the free kick, and then he didn't give them the throw in either, which was an obvious Cork City throw in. And you can hear Danny Murphy react, and this is about the 86 to 87 minutes late in the game. And Danny is just like, f off, like, would you, you know, just enough is enough, you know. But the first penalty is an absolute joke of a decision but up to that point in the game yes Wexford had more of the ball and had more possession that's fine but City were executing a game plan that Wexford were in all sorts of trouble and yes they have excellent players Rossler was excellent especially second half Ellen Malloy is possibly the best player in the country at the moment but they were struggling to break City down they were struggling to deal with the game plan that Cork City were implementing and you're in the 40, was it a 40 second minute? You're nearly to half time. You're going to go in half time, one up. You've implemented a brilliant game plan. Management have to take a lot of credit for it. And then the players have to take the credit for executing it. And all of a sudden, it's robbed. It's taken away from you by one absolutely ludicrous decision. And as Andrew says, everything changes. And I mean, if you're Ellie O'Brien or you're Chloe Atkinson and you're starting out in this league at 16, 17 years of age, how do you go in at halftime and explain to those young girls that, you know, this is what happens in the Women's National League? I mean, it has to be soul-destroying. It has to be soul-destroying for the older players, not to mind the younger players. And then you come out and 10 minutes into the second half, you get another bullshit penalty. And it's... He can't wait to give it. He just cannot wait to give it. Now, we asked Kylie Murphy, and Kylie Murphy came back and said, it's a coming together. She didn't expect to get a penalty from it. You know, it's just a coming together of players, and she wouldn't have expected a penalty. She didn't appeal for a penalty, and he gives a penalty. But you know the worst thing about it? You could say, okay, from his position, it looks like they come together, etc., etc. He books Kira Mack then on top of it. So now he's set the bar for what is a booking. And a booking is a coming together. Yet Abby McCarthy gets clattered twice by Wexford players. She's 57 minutes. She's caught in the head. There's a, a ball played through. She comes out. She dives at the feet. And the player catches her in the head. Now, I don't want to see the player booked for that. It was an accident, etc. But my point is he has already set the bar for what a booking is. So if that's what the bar is, then he has to book the Wexford player for that. And a few minutes later, um, 61st minute, Abby gets clattered by um, Emma Walker. And when I say clattered, she gets clattered, turned upside down. He gives the free out. And as Walker's coming back out past her, he gives her a little smile and, you know, the calm down wave with his two hands. 
if Kieran Max is a booking, this one, he set the bar. Again, I don't want to see players booked. I don't want to see Emma Walker booked. But he has set the bar for what is now a booking. And if he's like, how do you book Kieran Mack for the innocuous penalty? You don't book Emma Walker for turning the goalkeeper unprotected upside down. Like, there's no consistency. There's no thought process put into what's happening and the whole game is ruined and yes they, they lose 5-1 and people say oh well if he didn't give the first penalty they still lose 4-1 no that's no. not how it works you know the timeline becomes completely different the whole game becomes completely different and it's just like up to the time of the penalty Cork City had six efforts on goal two on target two off target and two blocked at that point in the game, before the first penalty is given, Wexford have had three attempts on goal. One on target, mm. one off target, and one blocked. So don't tell me that Cork City are hanging on by the skin of their teeth or any of that. They're not. They're executing a game plan, and they're keeping Wexford honest at the back because Ellie O'Brien is getting beyond the front two and running down the channel. Chloe Atkinson is running the other channel, and there's plenty of long balls going over and turning the Wexford back four around and keeping them honest, as I say. And the whole thing changes on one referee's decision. And it's just, it's soul destroying. I can't imagine being on that bus coming back down from Wexford, like, or being in the dressing room at half time. Because, like, how would you get your head around it? The implications, though, are even bigger. Because it did put Wexford top of the division. You know, so I can imagine that Noel King and all the Shelburne staff and players are looking at that going, Jesus Christ. Have they been handed the league after, you know, soft penalties? It seems to like they're they're the team they're the team in form. They had won, you know, four of their of their previous five uh, before meeting us. But yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like Danny Murphy's obviously he's fuming. Uh, the players are probably demoralized mentally. I mean, that's a mind fuck. Um, you know, it is, you know, and we were talking about them being mentally strong and having the mentality of of doing that. But when you when you are take when you when you're playing so well against one of the top teams and everything goes against you, is it a case of Andrew? Is it a case of the top teams getting the decisions? Um, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, it's probably hard to argue with that. Really, you know, you kind of see it across all the leagues, particularly in England. Usually, usually it's the bigger clubs, but maybe obviously this occasion it's probably the bigger team that's near the top. But um, yeah, and I said it just it must be like if. It, if the league was over now, or if it comes down to this at the end of the season, it'd be real. It'd be a real shame for the, you know, Shelburne be looking back at that moment because say Cork City looked comfortable at one 0 up, and Wexford looked kind of even starting to get a bit desperate and stuff, and suddenly they get a lifeline back into the game, and then they get another penalty as well. So, I said yeah, maybe it is just a sign of the, the better teams at the moment, and maybe Cork City do a bit of luck soon, and you know, hopefully they get it in the next game, but because they do a lot of it now after that game. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have anything else to pick up on the game before we look at the game coming up this week? Oh, Declan's ready to go. He's ready to go. Yes, bye. No, I'm just, I'm just going to make the point that this isn't an inexperienced referee. It's not like a guy doing his first game at national, national league level, or you know, a young ref plucked out of junior leagues who's who's stepping up. David Connolly did the the, the recent game in Turner's Cross between Cork City and Sligo. He's done four. League of Ireland men's first division games this season. He did two League of Ireland men's first division games last season, including, remember our famous trip to Cabin Teeley last year, where we were 2-0 up in the 81st minute, and there was the hot ball that was 
they scored mm, directly yeah. from that's not allowed yeah. was the same referee referee corkson that that game that night so you could say there's a history of mistakes um, in his relationship with Cork City as a whole, you know, but I don't want to say that because that wouldn't be um, very fair. But as I said, this isn't an inexperienced referee. Corruption. I mean, <laughs> no, no, I'm not like, look, referees make mistakes. <laughs> no, and I keep saying this, but the idea that the way to keep referees involved in the game and the way to develop refereeing is for everybody to hold hands, sing kumbaya, and not abuse referees. That's absolute nonsense, like, you know? And I keep asking, where's the national development plan for refereeing? And there isn't one, you know? It's There's no development plan fly for by referees. The, not at all. Fly by the seat of your pants. Take it as it comes. See what happens. We'll give the same referee the same team two weeks in a row, no problem. We'll get managers suspended, players suspended. The whole FAI... To me, the whole FAI refereeing setup is an absolute shambles. And you know who knows that best? The referees themselves. They're well aware of it themselves. Trust me, they know. We should know try it. and get a referee. You know? Do you think a ref would ever come on? We should. We should. I'm not having a go, and I'm not talking about corruption because there's none of that stuff in place. It's just poor standard. And the only way to increase the standards is put a two-year, five-year, ten-year plan in place and say, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to get recruitment right. We're going to get training There's right. surely a plan. Right. There has to be a plan there out there. Like, there has to be. Damien, last year they released a five-year plan for the League of Ireland. You find me the refereeing section in that five-year plan. I will. I will. I'll, I'll look to for it. No. Well, if, if you do, you must be Harry Potter or something because it isn't there at the moment. You know, so... Like, um, it's madness. Uh, Andrew, we normally have myself. Uh, well, I don't do anything. I just, I just as you can see, uh, Declan and I lean over to you. But it's nice, it's nice to have you on, by the way. Um, just you, the echo. You're, are you the big red bench now as well? As well, are you? Oh, yeah. Well, I work freelance, so. Uh, yeah, so you know, whoever. Whoever gets in touch, I'm happy to help. From your own perspective this year, and obviously you would have seen, you've seen, you've, you've followed the, the women's throughout a couple of years. Since Danny Murphy took over, have you seen many positive changes? Yeah, I'd say certainly, these, as we, like we mentioned, they were very good against Wexford there and Wexford at the top of the league. So they maybe they're not quite getting the results just yet, but they do seem to be a lot more competitive in games. Um, I said there hasn't been too much of a change in terms of personnel. So that'll obviously likely come in the off season and preparing for the new season and Again, it'd be interesting. He seems to maybe a, bit, a little bit critical of one stage or but their fitness and stuff. So I'd imagine players that are there next season are in for a really tough preseason as well, where he'd want them to be really fit and really physical. So I know sometimes I talk to him and he kind of is saying, you know, we, we want to get results now and we want to try and finish this season strongly as well. But I don't know, it just seems like as well that they obviously are preparing for next season and Obviously, he's he's his own style and play. He wants to implement and the way they want to do things. But he said it's probably more likely you're going to see more of that next season rather than this season when it, maybe not the current squad isn't maybe exactly what he wants it to be just yet. Okay, okay. Um, do we have anything else to pick up on that game before we move into the goal? I think have you had your rent and a half there now, Declan, at this stage? Have you? I guess I have, but I mean, it shouldn't like this isn't what the this isn't what the pod should be about it shouldn't be about ranting it should be like but oh, sure, like it's just so much it's just wrong. every week there's just so much wrong I know it does leave us um, still second bottom 
I don't think Treaty are going to catch us to this stage, but uh, Sligo are probably out of reach. So it does look like our finishing position will be ninth in the division this year. Next year, Andrew, where do you think... We'll speak about Galway at the moment in a few minutes because uh, obviously the statement coming out and, and stuff like that. But Andrew, where do you think the club will be targeting next year? Like, realistically, I mean, they, they, if they get behind Danny and, you know, the whole, uh, he seems to have you know, changed a, lot, a good few things in terms of off the field, that was it, you know, and on the field. Should should they be looking for, you know, maybe a f- sixth or seventh position next year, do you think? Yeah, the why not, you know, even why not just target that? As I said, they're not exactly a million miles away from that at the moment and they've me? had a pretty poor season. So, um, no, it's Andrew. Yeah, it's just, a, I kind of said a while back We're that the league usually kind of nearly seems certain. to be split in two and I suppose the aim for Cork City first and foremost to be the best of the rest, maybe the top the top of the bottom five as it is. Um, so I suppose that's probably the first initial aim and they said if Danny Murphy gets the recruitment right, he gets the players in that he wants, probably there's no reason why they can't do that and but I think you look at what Atlone have done and maybe they're the team to take some inspiration from. They've they've been absolutely brilliant this year. You know, they're in the Cup semi-final, I think, still. And they're, they were in the title race up until probably the last few weeks. And like I said, nobody really saw that coming at the start of the season. So, yeah, I said, why not be optimistic um, for next season when Danny Murphy has a full pre-season and gets some players in that he wants. And, um, yeah, if he gets a full backing, you know, why not think that they can have, obviously, a much better season than that. And, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, right, this weekend we'll play Galway on Saturday at the tur- at Turner's Cross. Now, um, Galway obviously in the news uh, this week, but they came out on Sunday uh, with a statement basically saying that Galway Women's Football Club would, wouldn't be applying for a licence for next year. Um, and the reason basically is costs. Uh, it's all about the costs. They said... The chairman had, uh, there was a big lengthy statement, but um, so Stephen Moran, who was one of the founders and chairman, he said the additional costs involved in running a successful club. He did say that he and Karen O'Malley formed Galway Football Club in 2020, Women's Football Club in 2012. And the first WNL season was 2013-14. And the local radio station, he was on Galway Bay FM or some some station like that. He said the first year budget was 20000 and they spent 18,000. This year, they will not get change out of 160,000 euros, he revealed while explaining the decision which was made in July. Uh, it's been on the cards for a while now. Even last year, we found it very difficult to be able to give the girls what was uh, duly deserved. Uh, but it, it is imperative that elite women's football remains in the region next season. And we hope that other individuals or entities will take up the mantle to continue the tradition of senior and underage women's football in Galway in 2023. This highlights the fact that all teams now, League of Ireland teams, women's national, need to have a, a 19 and a 17s academy as well. Okay, so the costs of running a club now are far, far higher than they used to be. You know, the, the support from the FBI is probably not great. And even, I suppose, bringing in sponsors. I mean, when you're getting a couple of hundred people to a game, it can be tough to bring in a sponsor. Declan, what do you know about this Galway thingy? I don't know more than anybody else knows what we've heard publicly. I heard the interview in um, Galway Bay, or I heard somebody interview in Galway Bay, and he was asked what was the biggest expense. And he said, you know, he was on about buses, and he mentioned management, and they never picked up on it. So I don't know, was he saying that the management team are costing them money or what? And then he said, you know, they were going to 
pulled the plug in July, but they sat down with management and that allowed them to get through to the end of the season because they came to some understanding. So I'd love to know more about that um, and what exactly it entails because it, it wasn't followed up. And the other thing he mentioned was um, expenses, expenses for girls who travel to Galway for training and matches, etc. Like that sounds like money is being uh, spent on bringing in players, etc. that maybe they couldn't afford to bring in um, and they have done and it's no gone it's no gone wrong because they don't have the money to back up whatever expenses they committed to or you know whatever deals they committed to with players and I think like I should say as well that we did contact Galway Women's FC and we did invite somebody on tonight both to have a discussion about what's going on and to look ahead to the game on Saturday and I think it was like we started recording this at nine o'clock. I think up till about 20 past eight or so, I was hopeful of getting somebody. And then word came through that there wouldn't be anybody available. Johnny which is Ward. fair enough as well. <laughs> I'd say no, Johnny Ward knows less about the women's <laughs> setup at Galway than any of us does, you know. But um, so word came through that none, that nobody would be available, which is fair enough. I mean, but we should just point out that we did invite them on um, and we thought for a while we might get somebody. So look, there's a lot of talk that this is a move to put pressure on Galway United because, you know, the statement says that hopefully other entities or other people in the in the Galway area can pick up the mantle and whatnot and 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 take it forward. There has been talks. The chairman said the FAI have been talking to Galway United and he hasn't been involved, but. Because of our interactions with Galway in the men's league this year, I've been not posting, but reading the Galway Forum. And there has been talk on the Galway Forum for the last month or so that there was talks between the two Galway clubs about merging and whatnot. And it does like it does seem almost like this is a political play, that there's going to be so much public pressure and FAI pressure and maybe politicians and everything else getting involved to put the pressure on Galway United to pick up the mantle of what is essentially another failed League of Ireland club. I know it's a women's club, but it is now a failed League of Ireland club and that might be harsh and whatnot, but it is the correct interpretation. And if you really want to be anti-FAI, then you go back and you start asking questions again about licensing and how was the license established and, and and given for this year if the money wasn't in place to back up everything that was happening because the chairman clearly said in Galway Bay FM that they would be gone in July only for doing a deal with management etc etc so has licensing failed again who knows I mean it's not for me to say but you know yeah. Okay. Uh, Andrew, you, 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 do you have any inside scoops or anything like that, or is your thoughts the same? Is, you know, uh, is it um, is it a case of them wanting Galway United to take over? Does it look possible? Will the Comer brothers, if they do take if, get their takeover, are they going to not commit to giving uh, John Caulfield two right backs uh, wages for the year, hundred and sixty thousand, uh, to absorb the fees of the women's team? Yeah, like to be honest, um, like I said, I don't, I've only deal with Galway whenever they play Cork City, so I said I wouldn't have too many contacts in the club, but uh, so I was a bit surprised to see that when it did come out. But um, 
I said my initial reaction was I thought it was maybe trying to force Galway United's hands a little bit and I said it was interesting I listened to that interview as well on Galway Bay FM um, kind of the figures they were talking about and things there's talks of it going semi-pro as well next year which obviously does affect Cork City if there, there's a lot of talk about that league maybe going semi-pro now as well as mentioned so be interesting to see and even some of the figures he mentioned you know like he was talking about coaches and players and travel costs and even he was mentioned three buses they need now to come to Cork and obviously we know everything in the world there's nearly prices have gone up so the buses seem to be a lot more expensive and I got a lot of these things probably affect Cork City as well so no I thought it was a really interesting interview and as I said they technically mentioned that there might be some political pressure maybe even things like that put on them and will ensure that there is women's football team in Galway next year and I think the mayor's already come out and talked about it and I'm sure there's going to be yeah it almost does seem like as I said I'm just this is my own opinion on, on the outside but it does seem like maybe they're trying to force the hand of Galway United a little bit to kind of take on the, the cost of the women's side and but again I'm not even sure why it's even taken this long as in, even I remember back in 2017 when Cork City were taking on the women's I was even a bit surprised why that took so long even back then and that was five years ago so I don't know why Galway women's again as I said I don't know much about them but why they haven't yeah. already been amalgamated with Galway United even years ago it's um it was a bit surprising, but um, I said hopefully there's a resolution to it because it'd be a shame to lose Galway. They're such a obviously a big force in women's national league, and the league has been growing and Sligo have been a welcome addition. And you don't want to lose a, a big club um, from that region now again. So this Saturday we play them. This is the right time to smash the shit out of them while they're all feeling sad for themselves. <laughs> um, you know, this is it. They're going to come down. Oh, we want to have a club next year and just smash the bollocks out of them uh, this Friday, this Saturday. Andrew, can we go out and beat them now this Saturday? I mean, look, I know the disappointment of them last week, but you have to, Dan, I'm sure Danny and James are going to be talking about the positives to take from that match uh, last week. Bring them to the game on Galway. We may be missing, We, uh, we we're, so we're, we're certain that we might be, we're not missing Twitter, Steve and Megan. Um, the, 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 the performance of Chloe Atkinson and Ellie O'Brien, does that, does that warrant them a starting um, game next week, Andrew? Yeah, could do as well. And I said they've they've done well since they've come in and things like that. So um, I said it's up to Danny to pick the team. And I said it's kind of hard to go away from the, maybe the team that started on on Saturday and they did so well in the first half against such a good Wexford side. So whether he sticks with that or makes a couple more changes, um, it's obviously him up to him to decide. But um, no, I said yeah, if you call away, maybe you have other priorities and other things in their mind. Maybe it is a good time to play him. And it's a bit funny. I don't know. It's a bit of a curious thing as well that it, they're playing. Galway the same weekend that the men are playing Galway and I think that happened earlier in the season as well so yeah. I'm not sure what that is about but um, kind of an interesting quirk maybe but um, I said um, yeah bring them on I said I know the club are making a bit of an effort to try and get a few um, some of the younger fans from Cork into the game as well and I said there's like they're still playing for a bit of pride of Cork City at the end of the day and they've only a few home games left so um, it's hopefully they can go put on a performance and um, yeah maybe Kick them while they're down a bit, but hopefully they're not down for too long. That's it. Like, I mean, this is it. Through. Kick the shit out of them <laughs> while they're down. Like, um, the uh, Declan, um, the last time we played, I think the last time we played was the 5th of March. They beat us 3 0. Uh, this was this was at the very start of the season, it was like the second game of the season, or first game of the season, possibly. Um, no, he's shaking his head. No, oh, they played each other. Played, yeah, we played them, we played them up there since they scored from three corners. No, I'm on about at home, at home. At home. Oh, sorry, at home. Right, okay. Are you really? Don't good, shake. Good don't shake your head at me. Be shaking your head at me. Um, <laughs> like, this is it now. They're here for the tip. They, they're going to come down. Like, we can beat this crowd on, on Saturday, can't we? 
I think we could beat them anyway without this going on in the background. I mean, there's what is five games yeah. left, isn't it? Shit um, the there's Galway, Shelburne, Piemont, Bowes and Treaty. Bowes and Treaty. You're yeah. obviously looking. You're looking at shells and Piemont and probably saying no. So you'd imagine th- th- they'd be tre- targeting the other three games for three games the season and strongly, you know. And well, we beat Bowes at home already this year. So there's no reason why we can't. So look. Yes, we can win the game. Absolutely certainty. This does add another dimension to it because if you're a Galway player now, A, I presume your phone is ringing all week and I hope Danny Murphy's on the end of a couple of those mm, calls yeah. from managers around the country going, look, obviously you're looking for a club now next year. Let's see what we can do. Can we sit down and talk to you? So are you going to fly into that challenge and maybe injure yourself? Are you really going to really commit to winning that header in the box does it really matter if you if you lose one there or you concede or if you don't get on the end of the cross because there's two center halves in your way you know and there's all that stuff going on in the background so look i think it makes our job a little easier but i think i think we would have they would have fancied their chances anyway you know i think it's definitely a game they would have targeted irrespective of what's going on behind the scenes at Galway you know so the, the ex-player Savannah McCarthy um, playing with Galway and, and I think someone we were meant to have maybe sign at, at start of the season Jenna Slattery would they be the two players that you'd be kind of thinking we should be trying to sign for next season uh, Andrew yeah absolutely why not at least have the conversation with them and see if they would be interested and things like that but um, especially Savannah McCarthy obviously played with Cork City a few years ago and um, obviously he's in the Ireland squad regularly as well in the last um, few months and couple of years and yeah really talented player It'd be great to get her in and I remember speaking to Danny Murphy after the the 5-1 last well, recently can as I well. just yeah. four. Could I, if we were sponsoring Savannah McCarthy we wouldn't play, play in the 5 side because she kicked the shit out of all of us uh, I can tell you she's one of the <laughs> toughest players I've ever seen <laughs> but um, you know and she is ex-city player so you, you'd be thinking maybe uh, she's possible Decky you thinking the same Oh yeah, look, I mean, they're, they're, they're two of the obvious targets. Um, whether you can get them down to Cork, I don't know. Would there be, would Savannah McCarthy have bigger and better options on the table? Maybe, who knows, you know. But as Andrew said, until you have the conversations, you just don't know. So we'll have to see what conversations do happen, if any. But even if God, we United are to step in now, there's all that disruption, you know. This is the time of the year where players are looking at their options for next year, etc. So... And I mean, the the word in the street is that Galway United won't step in, that they'll just say, no, look, we'll start out ourselves next year with an under-17s, but we're not going to stack, absorb the cost and price of, 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 you know. I hate to say it because it sounds like I'm kicking them, but like it is a failed League of Ireland side now at this particular moment in time. And like, I'll say it again, like, like has licensing failed the League of Ireland again? And it clearly has, and just no getting away from that, you know. So, I just want to get in a little anti FAI slander into the whole every thing, week you know? without fail. It's fine, it's fine. yeah. Absolutely, it has to go in there, it has to go in there. But look, no, but seriously, yeah, look, they're, they're two obvious targets. But do you know what? Here's the thing Danny and James will have been watching other sides, they'll know there's, there's probably other players in there that they feel would be good enough to come in and make us better. And we'll have to wait and see what happens in the off season, basically, you know. Yeah, okay. He just needs he just needs to ring him up and he has to, you know. Oh, I girls. It's Danny Murphy. 
Um, okay, let's go for predictions on Saturday against. Oh, by the way, if you if you if you're listening to a tapper, there's no Premier League this weekend. It looks like it's all cancelled. You have nothing. Well, you could be. You've nothing to do on Saturday. Five o'clock down in Turner's Cross is Cork City versus Galway. Go down and support. You could still be out from Friday night. That's okay. You could be coming back from Galway and go straight <laughs> into Turner's Cross, uh, fill the shed, uh, and continue your drinking session. Uh, predictions, Andrew. Let go, go on. Give, give us a prediction. Give us a prediction. Give us a prediction. Yeah, a nice title party in the shed would be good for the get a good crowd yeah. at the end. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll go two one. Is it? Why not be optimistic? Um, two one. Yeah, of course, City wins. Sorry, I should say. <laughs> 2121. Uh, we could be doing a podcast award. Um, we should do that. They should, they should leave us walk around the pitch, actually, Deck, shouldn't they? With the if we win it, they should be late, you know? <laughs> we should be walking around the pitch Stop. with an award. Yeah. The, last, the last time we talked about fellas walking around pitches with awards, though. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> so yes. Um yeah, just prediction stop. prediction for Saturday, Declan. Prediction. <laughs> I go 3-1 Cork. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm going, I'm going 3 0. I'm going 3 0. That's it. I'm going 3 0. I think the defense yes. is the defend the defense now it seems to be very solid. Well, I know I understand the, the two penalties though, but they're they're settling like they're settling, aren't they? They're they're, they're well what there. you're gonna have on Saturday, I'd imagine, is Lauren Walsh was unavailable last weekend against Wexford, so I imagine she could come back into that back three alongside Kira Mack and DB. DB. That that's allows Sarah Foley to step into the, the defensive midfield role, which again allows Becky Carson to move into one of the more attacking midfield role. You also have um Heidi Mackin and Fianna Bradley who played the under seventeen game because it was a, a national cup quarter final. They'll both be back open for selection. And what about Orla so DC? Where was where was Orla DC last weekend? Orla DC was with the under nineteens. She with the nineteens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she may be back with the main squad. Or she may be down to. I don't know to be honest with you. You know. Um. Say that, Andrew. Do you remember when we got you on last year to talk about the women's, and, and we, and we we couldn't look. Would you look at Declan now, Andrew? Hasn't he got? Hasn't he grown up so much? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Could you get him a job? Could you get him a job? Oh, him a job best, yeah. In a paper. I don't want him to try and take my job, though. That'd be the only thing. So, yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, are you in agreement with it? You kind of think of that lineup as well, Andrew. That's that's they're there for the taking. That's it's all good. You know, Decky knows his stuff. Can't even can't even can't can't. Yeah, not disagree. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Danny takes it on board. I'm sure Danny's listening. You know, I'm sure he listens to this every week. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few notes there from that. Um, <laughs> ah, Dalai. <laughs> if you um, are yeah, listening, it's remember, just, remember, we're not going for it. Nothing to lose, really. Um, just go for it and see. Hope for the best. Right. Um, last words. Um, Declan McCormick, give us some last words. Last words on a week where we got absolutely screwed over by a referee and a linesman, where we've had a National League club say they're going out of business. I mean... So this is an FAI. This I mean, is an it's FAI like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like all my birthdays have come together or something like, you know, look, I'll just go back to my old favorite nugget, an organization that isn't fit for purpose. And it just proves it week in, week out. Um, right. Um, Andrew, give us some last, give us some last words. Obviously, you're not going to go anti-FAI, are you? 
Uh, no, I won't. Maybe, not this time. Maybe next time. Yeah, we'll see. Unless the luck changes a bit, maybe, hopefully. But um, no, as I said, I've nothing against Galway. As I said, hopefully they do resolve this issue. Hopefully there is a Galway team uh, in the league next year. But um, I really hope um, Cork City do a Galway double this weekend. Beat them twice. My last words are five aside. Let's get that on. Um, <laughs> girls, try not to injure yourselves in the matches over the next couple of weeks because we're going to need to play uh, in November. Okay, so um, yeah, that's it. Andrew, you're on our team. We call ourselves Toe Taps. We'll get jerseys made. Um, I, I can, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, Andrew, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Uh, Eileen is back next week, uh, I hope, anyway. Her holidays are over. And um, thank you for joining us, Andrew. No, no problem. I hope Thanks, she's back Andrew. as well. But now I said I hope I uh, filled the void fairly well, and hopefully you did. You did. Uh, right. Adios, Brilliant. amigos. Ciao. Adios. Ciao. Ciao. The other three amigos podcast with Damien Shreenan, Wayne Mullins, and Declan McCormack. Three lads, one podcast. <laughs>